Hey guys, and welcome to season three, Start From Zero. Thumbs up, let's do this. Starting from zero. You're about to watch multiple people at a time get coached on how to start a business from zero. Some people need emotional support. They're overwhelmed and they've had past failures. Some need strategy. They're beating their head against the wall. Some need tactics. They want to know what to say or do. These episodes are unique. They're vulnerable. They're weird. Many times people come to me with a question, but they need something entirely different. In these episodes, you'll see me combine my 15 or so years of business experience with a little intuition and mindset training to help shape these folks into powerful and confident entrepreneurs. Now we've had 15 millionaire students and counting, so we know this stuff works. Now, make sure you're sending these folks love while you listen, because that stuff matters. We're becoming more sensitive as a society, and we can feel these things even if we don't know it. Let's get to the episode. Okay, so welcome to this episode. We're going to be doing five people at once. Evan, why don't you introduce yourself and say what your big goal for the call is? Hi guys, how you doing? I'm Evan from Toronto, Canada, and my big goal is how do I scale and generate multiple revenue streams without losing value because I'm a strength coach, so everybody wants to hire me, and so how do I kind of differentiate my brand from myself? Wonderful. And Gary, how about you introduce yourself and what your big goal is? Hi, Dan. I run a digital agency in South Africa, and at the moment, I feel like I'm on a sort of a hamster wheel where I can't stop working and sort of get away from my business. So I want to sort of create a system in such a way that my business can run without me. Great. Thank you. And George? Hi, I'm George. I'm from Grand Prairie, Alberta. I need to find focus, find out exactly what I should be doing to start and hopefully eventually scale. I feel like I've just been in information overload for the past several years and haven't really gotten any kind of traction. Wonderful. Thank you for being here, George. And Marcy. Hi, everyone. I'm Marcy. I am hoping for a new level of breakthrough around mindset and believe in myself as I transition from one company to the next. Wonderful. Thank you for being here. And Tammy. Hi, thanks for having me. My main goal is to initially I wanted to find my niche and monetize my podcast. And I find my niche for life coaching. But then I also, in the last few days, I re-listened to your book, Dane, Start From Zero. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, something just snapped and I feel like I was given an idea for an amazing app. So now another goal I have is to figure out how to communicate to find a cross-platform app designer. Wonderful. Okay. So Evan, let's start with you for a minute. So what we want to do on these kinds of calls is we want to create be very easy for me to stimulate the intellect. But what we want to do is actually create a transformation that's felt in the body. That way you're able to live what happens on this call. So I want you to say this out loud. And I feel nervous asking you to say it out loud. I feel nervous as well. So, <laughs> Okay. I'm not as big a deal as I think I am. 
I'm not as big of a deal as I think I am. Now we're saying that out loud to explore what comes up for you as you say that. Well, the imposter syndrome, which definitely believes that statement. And I think, you know, I've been, you know what I mean? Constantly selling myself, right? And that's kind of how I've been getting certain contracts and, you know, why I'm working with certain athletes that I'm working with is because I'm selling myself, my credentials, my experience and whatnot. So it seems like a bit of a... So let's pause. Yeah. Say this, clients don't care about me. They are using me for a result. Clients don't care about me. They are using me for a result. What happens as you say that? That definitely feels, I think, more aligned and just I can kind of fall into my role as to helping somebody get the result that they want. So yeah, your shift in freedom will be because you are a gifted mechanism-based expert, which is extremely valuable. And the amount of money that we make is generally related to how much impact we can make. So right now your impact's on an individual level. So your income is on an individual impact level. As you start asking the questions, how can I impact more people? And you make it about impact and not about you. And you ask, how can I impact more people given the brilliance that I've developed? And then also shift into what is the result that they're after? And even potentially, Evan, when you get really clear on like having them articulate the result they want and like they say it and then you say, okay, so let me just say it back to you make sure this is the result you're after. And you'll say it and they'll probably be like, no, and then you'll refine it until you say, is this the result you're after? And there'd be no qualm about it. They'll just be like an instant yes. For example, many employees that are in miserable jobs or in not miserable, but like 80% happy jobs. Some of them will say, I just want to quit my job. And it's like, yep, that's all it is. It's three words, quit my job. That's the result. So there's a nice shift that will happen when you start looking at the result you're starting to provide. And when you get clear on it, then I'd also like you to ask the question is how can I simplify or innovate my mechanism to more rapidly get the result that they've clearly stated? Now, when it's about the result, what do you charge them right now? I charge individuals 100 an hour and teams 150. Okay. And what are like the best of the best of the best charge in that field? I don't even know, to be honest. It's hard to say. And who are the customers paying this? Are they professional athletes? So I work with youth up until college level athletes. So it's parents paying. Okay. And these are the kids that are like wanting to go to college and stuff for sports? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of greed involved there. Good, like good greed, if you will, where they're like, Oh my God, I got to get this. Maybe greed is not the right word. What, what do you think motivates the parents to pay? I think a combination of one living vicariously through their kids and two <laughs> is just trying to give their kids the best chance for success and allow them to experience things at the highest level that they can. Wonderful. Okay, so there are a couple of things I just want you to kind of think about, and then I'm going to we'll transition to the next person here. But what I want you to think about in the meantime is what would happen to your business and your pricing if you were able to align towards results and not yourself? So what would happen to your business if you were to align things to results instead of yourself? And then how can you increase your price 25% and decrease your price 25% if they hire someone that you've trained? 
George, I'd like to move over to you. Okay. Why don't we just start with what did you, what did you learn or pick up from hearing this little mini session with Evan there? Yeah, he has to focus less on himself and more on the results, which I think could lead into, yeah, just greater returns and just a better lifestyle for himself. I'm really happy that you took a chance to be here on this Thank call. You. Let's just say this simply, because I think a mind like yours, which seems to have a pattern of seeking information to the point of being crippled by it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What we want to do is develop a new behavior in your mind. And I think that new behavior is simplicity of language, a simplicity of thinking. And you might find that you've been hiding in information overload. I believe I have. I think that's exactly it. And you could be hiding in cigarettes. So at least you could use the information eventually. But so first we want to acknowledge like how beautiful it is that you have the desire that you do for the life that you want. Like your desire is okay. Yeah, I, I'm excited by the desire. <laughs> Just yeah. To, so to you spend a lot of time, you spend how many years trying to figure out? Four years now. So four years times 365 days is 1,500 days maybe? I don't know, close-ish. <laughs> So that's 1,499 days too many. This is good because your strength is in, say, figuring things out. Your strength is in research. But you're using that strength to mask fear. And with compassion, we notice this. It's not like, aha, you should be ashamed. No. Shame gets us nowhere. Shame pins us to the ground. So compassion there must be a reason that you're in information and devouring. If it was for a good reason, what might that reason be? Probably for a fear of failure. I so let's, let's, let's pause. Yeah. Take your hands and put them on your belly. If you'd like to get a free one-on-one -on -one with me and be on this show, you can find out details at startfromzero.com forward slash podcast. Tell me when you can actually feel your hands touching your belly. Yeah. Now tell me when you can feel your belly touching your hands. Yeah. And if everybody else wants to join listening to the podcast on this, the belly is the center of our universe. It's the center of our body. So if you ask your belly, let your body speak. And it could be the same answer, but maybe just with a different tone. While you're feeling your belly, what might be the reason? I feel like I'm not good enough. Okay. So much compassion for that thought. And that thought's perfectly okay. I feel like for a lot of my, my life, I feel like I might try, but I've never been good enough for, for almost anything. I have some failures that have really crippled me and just makes me afraid. So relax your jaw, keep your hands on your belly, and try and say this out loud. We're going to say it to clear your system. We're not going to say it to affirm anything. We're going to say it to affirm how you feel. And by affirming how you feel, clearing your system, okay? I am a fraud and a failure. You change this so it really lands for you, okay? This is my best shot for you. I am a fraud at everything that I try. I am a fraud at everything that I try. How does that feel? It feels true. 
Very good. We're, we're giving language to what's usually invisible. Do you know that I feel this way? <laughs> Anybody else on this call ever felt this way? Me. Yep. Me. Us. I think that's 100%, George. We don't usually get 100% conversion rates. <laughs> Try again. Relax your throat. And maybe even throw in, I've been beating myself up. If that's true. I'm a fraud at everything that I try, and I've been beating myself up for it. So you, you can modify the words however you like. I'm a fraud at everything that I try, and I've been beating myself up for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I have. Can you feel any compassion for the part of you that's been covering that up, seeking out information? Yeah. Tell me about that compassion you feel for that i feel like i i'm just trying to prove to myself and to everyone else that maybe i can do something better than i than i have and i just get sucked into information overload trying to find the right path to take so i can try and guarantee success and get myself out of this you know the folks like yourself george that have this sort of timid nature largely because of the sensitivity they usually hold. Mm -hmm. They tend to be the most fierce huh. warriors, I know, because they bring sensitivity with their brute. And that sensitivity is a wicked power. In short, it's generally been folks like yourself with this sort of timidity that are just like with a sword in their hand. Woof. <laughs> so is there a business model that excites you? that you see your hand or could see your hand reaching for? I feel like maybe their affiliate marketing or maybe even funnel building. Affiliate marketing or funnel building. Yeah, like as a funnel consultant or something maybe. Very good. So now I'm going to switch to the next person. And before I do, I want you to just journal on this and we'll come back to you. From a place of believing in myself, and it'll be a new thought. So it's like, believe in myself. What? That thought doesn't exist in my mind. So you will choose that thought and let that thought be bigger than any of your emotional experiences. Use the power of your brain for good. And from a place of believing in myself, what are three things that I can do to start being a funnel consultant? Okay. All right. Very good. So let's move on here to Tammy. Okay. So what is the pain that your app solves? Security, and it would definitely give some personal freedom and security to people. It would make them feel more safe. Okay. Are you able to talk about the solution? It would be twofold. And the see, I'm struggling with this, Dane, because I feel like I would like to just tell you the whole thing. But that's one of the things that's holding me back is a trust issue with if I talk about it, I'm afraid someone's going to steal the idea. <laughs> right. Thank you for saying that. So I don't need to hear the idea really to give you the advice I would like to give you. Okay. Can you sell it to someone first? I don't know. I guess what I'm concerned with is if I have a good idea, should I patent that idea first? And how do I talk about it with someone in order to get the results I need without giving them the whole deal. I don't have a non-disclosure sign until I tell them what they're doing. So can you 
tell me where the most loving place in your body feels right now. It could be like a kneecap, could be your elbow, could be your heart, could be your mind. I think it's my heart. Your heart. Okay, so can you feel the love in your heart right now? Yes. Let that love from your heart go through your whole body, channel it to the top of your head, and channel that love to the bottom of your toes. Your body's a receiving station. It's an antenna. All right, so you got love going on everywhere right now? I do. From a place of love, what question do you have? What step could I take next? Good. Okay, I got it. So here's your answer. You may not like it, okay? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll break it down. Okay. Believe in abundance. I believe in abundance. So why aren't you sharing your idea? I guess because I'm afraid it's going to be stolen. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds funny to say it out loud. Sorry. Does it? Why? I don't know. I guess I just... Is it because you don't believe in abundance? I do believe in abundance. I really think I do believe in abundance. I talk about it all the time on my podcast. I just... Are you saying that I should just trust and throw it out there? Well, I think discernment is useful sometimes. Like there could be a level of discernment with not sharing the app, but it might also be safe to assume that there are some areas where you do not believe in abundance and it may not be black and white and you don't actually know what those areas are until you can watch a contraction happen. Sure. That makes sense. And a contraction is like, oh, I can't share this idea. And then you can ask yourself, is that discernment or is that fear? Okay, that makes sense. I do feel like I'm just being, it's discernment because this idea just came to me and it's still fresh and new and I haven't done anything with it yet. So in the case where this happens, in my experience of this, if I'm ever worried about somebody taking the idea, I use it as a red flag. And the, the red flag is that I'm very inexperienced. And the red flag is usually I don't believe in myself in this area. And or I believe somebody could do it better than me. Oh, 100%. So I'm not an app designer. I don't know the first thing about doing this. So yes, that's completely appropriate. I'm very inexperienced in this area. I feel like I was given an idea that would help so many people. But to know how to do it or to ask somebody to do it, I don't know the first thing about it. I listen to you and I hear you talk about people who you've taken an idea to someone and had them just make it for you. So it works for a different customer. And I guess I am just don't know how to begin doing that. You don't want to think that way to begin with. Okay. Cause that's like, you want to think, sell it first. Okay. Okay. People first problem. Second, sell it third, build it fourth. People first, sell it second problem. Second, Oh, problem second. Okay. Yeah, I actually had it as a song once. I was like, well, it's a people first, problem second. You better sell it third or you'll learn an expensive lesson when you build something no one wants. Nice. That way we remember it. So is there someone that you trust enough that has the problem that you could try selling it to? I put it out to one of my close friends and to my boyfriend, my partner, and they both are like, you have to do something with this. This is an amazing idea. It's never been thought of. And this would help a ton of people. Okay. So that's very different from, I want to buy it. 
oh, well, okay, so I believe that it would be attractive to anyone. Wrong. It would be extremely attractive for someone to buy it, especially if they have school-age children. It's not attractive to anyone, Tammy. Okay. You prove yourself wrong there. Who would it not be attractive to? It would not be attractive to people who are in the world to do harm or bad things to other people. Okay, would it be attractive to a 22-year-old bachelor with no family? Maybe not with no family. With people that he cared about in his life, yes. Who is the app best suited for? It's best suited for parents and I would say women in general, probably. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that either. It would be probably anyone who could feel vulnerable on any level. Are we talking about a, a general use safety app that sounds an alarm you can push if you're in trouble or? No, not an alarm. Okay. So let's say it's parents, parents with children they want to protect. Does that seem like your best first group to try to sell it to? Yes. Okay. So I've got very smart entrepreneurial friends that will tell other entrepreneurial friends, you've got to do something with this idea. These are like experienced entrepreneurs, okay? Yes. And the idea ends up flopping. Like really smart. Like my buddy was building a, a SaaS business for virtual teams. It was an amazing idea. Everyone was excited about it. He even was getting investors interested. He had a guy who specializes in running virtual teams and teaching virtual teams, how excited he was about it. And it flopped. I don't think anybody paid for it. And I think actually they did get sales from a few people. But then in the, in the actual implementation of it, it just fell apart because the behavior change was so great for teams to use it that they didn't want to change their behavior. So the idea was killed just because people didn't want to change their behavior to use it. Okay. So your boyfriend being excited and this other person being excited, it's affirming, but I give it zero credence, as should you. Okay. Like you want to be your own worst enemy. Like imagine like you're sitting in front of an investor. And they're just going to rip apart your idea. Like, see if you can practice that thought process. Like, well, before we go there, you want to sell this first. And not that would be nice. But yes, I want to give you money. I want to lock in my place. I want to be the first to use it when it's available. I want to pay for that now. Okay. You get that, you're golden. Then you go to figure out how to make the app. And when it comes to that, you can just Google how to develop an iPhone app. There's plenty of articles. With focused intention and effort, Give yourself like three days, three full calendar days of reading articles and you'll get a sense for how to develop an iPhone app. It would need to be cross-application. Yeah. So you how to Google, how to develop a cross-application iPhone app. Very simple. And do you see people first problem, second, sell it third? Yeah. Now, even if you sell it, it's no assurance. It's a brutal world. Brutally honest, really. Not like brutally mean, brutally honest. Okay. It's a harsh honesty. But just so you know, from my experience, when I got your email and you mentioned, okay, I've got a game-changing app idea, I felt tremendous fear. It's like, oh no, oh no, boundless enthusiasm for something that's probably not proven yet. And then when you mentioned you had your boyfriend and person said, you've got to do something with this, I felt, oh God, because... While what I'm saying may not seem like the kindest, like I might be a little bit harder on you than I've been on the others. Imagine if I did this. Imagine if I told you this. Oh my God, this is so exciting. It's amazing. These people love it. You love it. It's a great idea. Okay, here's how you develop your app. 
You want to find this development company. They work great. You want to run by these standards. You want to have these daily updates that go out to them. You want to check on them four times a day. You want to set, this is your max budget. You want to set, this is your MDB timeframe. You want to set this and this and this. You want to have your five first customers standing by, yada, yada, yada. If I went all down that line, you'd be like, oh my God, this is great. I feel all this capacity, I feel all this capability. I'm so excited. I'm ready to go. And then two freaking years later of development and all this money spent, and then you get it out and then you find out nobody actually bought it. They all just love it, but nobody wants to buy it. And or then maybe they buy it, but maybe they end up using it and then they stop using it. But you've just spent like two years of your life developing an app. And then you're freaking demoralized. You've spent all this money. And that's why I'm being extremely hard and direct in this instance. Because you do not want to spend a dime, a dollar or a day building something until someone says, yes, I want to buy it. Yes, I want to pay for it. Yes, I could see myself using it. And those are very hard ideas to find. In fact, I got emailed the other week. Someone said, oh yeah, I've spent two years building it and I've got two investors that have backed out now. And I'm like, do you have any paying customers? They're like, no, I'm still waiting to do that. And I was just, I was devastated for him. If you'd like to get a blueprint to my brain, I have it in a 302 page book. Start from zero and you can get a free chapter. You actually can get my best chapter for free on that book right now at startfromzero.com. Go check it out. So I'm going to come back to you. How are you doing here in all this, Tammy? Okay. How's your heart doing here in all this? Honestly. It hurts a little. I'm sorry if I did that. Can you tell no, me? That's okay. that's okay. That's why we're here. Yeah, but I want to be here with your heart. Do you mind sharing the, the hurt? Can you come back to me? Yes, yes, I can. Give yourself some time. And then also, once you've been with that hurt, because I don't ever want to communicate in a way that hurts anybody. And I, I know how, how tender our ideas can be and how they become part of us and like part of our children and we become identified with them. And I'm still learning to communicate. So I want to see what I could have done differently when we come back. But also, in addition to the hurt, who are three people you could ask if they would buy it and even ask if they want to put a down payment down to be one of the first? Three people. Because if we do, in fact, get a much safer world and a much better thing for anybody vulnerable, and you got to do it with a full, confident heart because you were selling it first, plus you get a lot more leverage with development companies too. When you're like, hey, I want to develop an app and I've got paying customers ready to use it. You want to be in the power seat every step of the way on this. And it's very easy for us to give our power away to the app developers you know, my buddy lost a million dollars building an app because he went to developers and said, hey guys, I want to build this idea. What's it going to cost? And when you do that with developers, you don't exercise any of their creativity. Steve Jobs put a, a box on a table and he said, turn that into a computer. And the designers were like, that's not possible. And Steve said, I don't, I'm not interested in what you think is possible. Put a computer into that box. And now today we have these iMacs. If you come to developers like that and you say, hey, I've got an idea, I've got 10 grand and I want the first version done in 12 weeks, I'm not going to spend a day more or a dollar over that. So we need to strip the product down in a way so it gets built with this constraint. Now you're in the power seat. That's how you would build it if you want to go into building it, but be very cautious and you know, just understand that you are in the power seat. You are in the king's chair. Do not step down from that king's chair ever. 
You are the one who owns the business. You are the one that hires the team. We do not give our power away to the people that we hire ever, ever, ever. And of course, we will do it all the time from what I've seen. So we just recognize it's like, wait a second, why am I giving my power away from this? So you even approach developers and app companies when that time comes and you say, listen, I want to hire an app company, but I don't want to give my power over to them. Can you tell me how I can make sure I still have full control over this app and that you guys aren't the boss and I get to remain the boss? And you say that. And then the right development company will steward you in that direction. So let's move to Marcy. Hi, Marcy. Hi. Tell me what question you have in this moment. Well, I've been listening to you for a while. I'm starting to think like you as I'm hearing you coach these other folks, which is good. And I just, I like the way that you coach, honestly. And so I've been tackling my, oh my God, will my next idea be good enough? Stuff through other healers and coaching and all that stuff. And I thought it would be helpful to get your coaching, your your loving heart on my, uh, I guess, insecurity. Well, my loving heart wants to know your question. All right. How can I help myself believe that I'll have another successful idea? Good. How can I help myself believe that I'll be successful with another idea? I think you're asking, while it's it's a nice question, like maybe we could find an answer to it. There might be another question. Mm. And it might be, why am I so afraid of how talented I am? It could be that. You know, hearing myself and everybody else that's speaking, it's like still into the imposter fraud of like, okay, this worked. Can I do it again? So yeah, it's just across the board insecurity. Check this yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. It's a powerful identity imposter syndrome. Mm. I have it with almost everything. And the thing is, it's there. It's, it's just a matter of if we believe the thought or if we just notice it. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that I struggle with it as well. And the difference is in notice it versus believe it. And that's, you know, that's George, it's back to you with, you know, like fraud and failure and this. Are you noticing it or believing it? Yeah, I usually have been believing it. <laughs> and that's innocent. But I think, you know, George, you probably go, go out and find a tree and wrap yourself around it and feel your heart beating against the tree. And as soon as you do start letting little sounds out until a roar comes out of you and let that freaking roar just come while your heart's connected to that tree and you roar past every thought that's been rocking your potential off center. So Marcy, with the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and notice versus believe, what happens as you start to notice imposter syndrome instead of believe it? Does your mind scramble a little? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let it scramble. Mm-hmm. Put your hand on your throat if you wouldn't mind and say what you want to say. The first thing that comes to mind, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. Yeah, I just deep down feel like I'm really not good enough. Hand on throat, what do you want to say? Yeah, it's like this little voice inside. It's like, you are good enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then it's kind of follow up with, you know, stop being so mean to yourself. And logically, I know this, you know, as we all do. I think it just has to keep practicing. Pause, pause, pause. (laughs) I'm going to give you a remote. (laughs) Marcy's in one of our higher end programs, guys. So we have a little bit of a deeper relationship so I can kind of boss her around a little more safely. So we, we both know we like each other. But other people that just meet me, they're like, I don't know, this guy likes me. I can't. <laughs> you are good enough. Be nice to yourself. So vulnerable sitting with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You are good enough. Be nice to yourself. It's more vulnerable to sit with the positive 
than it is to sit with I'm not good enough. Whoa. So your challenge for the next little bit is to set a timer for just five minutes. A little, open your phone, you set a timer five minutes a day. The timer's on. And for that timer, you purposely feel these vulnerable feelings. Just for five minutes. Mm. That voice, you say, yeah, I'm going to give you five minutes. You know what? I'm going to give you five hours. You know what? I'm going to give you the rest of my life. Mm. So five minutes a day, vulnerable, positive. That thing starts to become your standard. Whatever you pick next will probably be very playful. It'll probably be full of fire. Mm. And none of it will be to try to fix that you're not enough. Marcy gets to love others, help others. Then it won't matter if you're using ClickFunnels or lead pages or Webinar Jam or it won't matter if you're doing courses or Amazon stores or software or lead gen. It won't matter because Marcy just loves, wants to love others. And so that love can take many shapes, many different technology tools, but it's all aligned to Marcy loving others. And when that's your focal point, the bridges will build themselves. Yeah. It's like, I don't care about, you know, the idea. I don't care about the mechanism. I don't care about any, like, I know that that's all going to click as things evolve and I transition out of the current, you know, company, but it's like, you really hit it on the head, which is exactly what I came for, but couldn't articulate was, you know, just the vulnerability of those positive feelings. Because I, you know, I lie to myself saying, oh, it's so vulnerable to like hold these thoughts of I'm not good enough inside. But really, it's not vulnerable because it's only to myself. Like no one else thinks about me having these thoughts except me and the six of us here now. (laughs) But yeah, that is the vulnerable piece. So thank you. I will absolutely be practicing this. And you can follow up with me (laughs) to berate me if I'm not. Yes. So moving on, because I want to get to Gary. Gary, what's up? What's up, Dane? You've been so patient. <laughs> it's perfectly fun. So, so everybody knows, um, Gary, you have the Legion business, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, so Gary's got a Legion business and his clients have started to become more and more demanding and they've started to violate and cross some of Gary's boundaries from what I've understood. And so now <laughs> Gary's been kind of running himself thin. Does that sound, is that accurate? Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's really taking over my life at the moment and it's becoming an issue. So try saying this. I have unclear standards and I'm letting people set standards for me. I have unclear standards and I'm letting other people set standards for me. How's that feel? Terrible. True? Very true. Try the I have unclear standards instead. See if that one's any different. I have unclear standards and I'm allowing other people set standards for me. <laughs> there you go. You can take that one with your heart all the way to the bank. So what, what I recommend for you and what I recommend for a lot of men is to energetically grab your balls, the center of your creation, the center of where things get created, right? Where your hips are. You energetically grab those and you say, you know what? This is what I want. So what is it that you want? I want to make a lot of money, but I still want a life. I want freedom. I want some sort of freedom. So do you see how those aren't very clear? Sure. If you energetically grab your balls and you're super clear, what do you want? I want freedom. How about with your clients? Well, your clients are kind of like walking all over you or they're demanding things. Like, what do you want there? Let's just start smaller. 
To be honest, I believe I create a lot of value, but I don't know if clients can see that. So, you know, it's almost like a greed factor that I see with so a pause, lot of clients. Pause. I want to work with clients that can see and respect the value I create. Yes. Try and say that. I want to work with clients that can see and respect the value that I create. And if I continue working with clients that don't, I am devaluing myself. And if I continue to work with clients that don't, I am devaluing myself. It's that simple. You already understand value creation. You already have a lead gen business. You are already working in a field where the most talented people work, lead gen. You're targeting clients that don't value and respect the value you deliver. So now you see whatever part of you that's been whining inside that's like, oh, clients do this, the clients do this, I'm so tired of this. Now that part is like, oh crap, I haven't been loving myself. I haven't been clear about the standards I want. I want to work with people that can respect and value the stuff that I create for them. So now you say, I'm only going to work with those clients. Now you're going to start asking, how do I attract those clients? And that's an answer that you want to find for yourself. It's not going to be dentists or attorneys or any of that other crap that everyone talks about everywhere. It's going to be some little known niche of some practitioners that like not many internet marketers have gotten a hold of, like, you know, basement flooding or, you know, there's so many, so many, like so many sub epic niches that you could do Legion for. This is the power play here. And this is where belief in abundance reigns supreme because you say, I do not want to work with people that do not value and respect what I do for them. So now you get to let go of clients and they start making demands and you say, sorry, that doesn't work for me. That's it. That doesn't work for me. It's not something that I can continue to do. And so I'd be happy to recommend you to another provider, but I'm not your guy. That's hundred percent. And I agree with you, but you know, I sort of come off as a NASCAR. So I mean, it's very difficult for me to do that, but I understand where you're coming from and I really need to, as you say, grab yeah. my ball. Well, so you can be very nice and do that. So the question is, and I'm gonna come back to you here, I'll ask the question is, how can I be nice to myself first and then communicate my standards to others second and be nice the whole time? Let's go back to Evan. So Evan, what did you write down in the meantime? Well, essentially to create a two-tier pricing system, which would be awesome from my sales background, you know, the majority of people are probably going to go for the cheaper option. Sorry, to explain, I'm primarily targeting organizations right now. So I'm trying to get contracts with organizations because obviously they have access to a number of teams. And then from that leads into the private clients. Yeah. But yeah, like that would be awesome where, you know, the organization more than likely would say, okay, well, for the younger kids who I, you know, they're not my favorite to train. We'll go with a cheaper option and you can work with our higher, you know, travel teams or whatnot for a higher price point and they would get an overall cheaper price than what I'm offering. And so and very good. What created this possibility in your mind? What was what was the shift that allowed you to do this? I mean, really just, you know, trying to I'm gonna be trying to market as you're saying, touching on the result and be like, listen, like this is talk about the system that my brand creates as opposed to the system that I am creating is what I was thinking. Good job, dude. Thank you. you. Very succinct. George, let's go to you next. Okay. What did I have you do? I forget. (laughs) (laughs) From place of believing myself, three things I can do to become a funnel consultant. Yes. Yeah. So I believe I can generate results. I believe I can 
charge a premium for my service. And as you always mentioned, I can outsource the mechanism. So I can outsource any part of it I feel I can't uh, handle myself. Wonderful. And how could you get your first client to work for free with to prove that you can get results? Maybe I can like post a question in the Facebook group or something. Maybe say I'm looking to start up my portfolio or I'm looking to for a case study. So it's just for someone to use as a case study to work with for free. Yeah. Very good. And make sure you put people first all the time. So with Evan, it was what's it's not about you, it's the result they're buying. Right. So in your Facebook post, it's not about you or your portfolio. It's about helping them. So you would lead with them first and then you can add, you certainly add the portfolio stuff second. And of course you can always try leading with portfolio first as well. The beauty about Facebook is if your thing bombs is no one's going to remember tomorrow. So you get a lot of experimentation. That's very good. And there's a shift in your voice. Can you feel it? Yeah. What caused the shift? Just leaving that. Maybe I can actually do this. Yeah. And that's all you need to be right there to reach for that and to know that Colonel Sanders, who, who created KFC, he was like stringing along failures up till he was 60 years old before he found KFC. Arrested for this, fighting for this, failed at this. It was nuts. It was a lot, he had a lot of failures. I, I don't know how many. It was, it was probably more than you. Yeah, a few more. <laughs> so... Failure does not mean I am a fraud. That's true. If you lose or fail, don't lose the lesson. Mm -hmm. Failure is a badge of honor. For someone that has 50 failures and he's learned from every single one, wouldn't you want to listen to him over someone who's never failed? Definitely. So you're giving more respect and attention to someone who's failed and learned from them. So you might, you might go through and say, what have I learned from each of the quote failures that I've had? You'll be off to the races. Good job, man. Thank you. Hello, Tammy. Hello. How are we doing? I'm okay. It was just not what I expected. So I listen to you all the time and I was thinking customer mechanism result, customer mechanism result. Yeah. Do I have customers? Yes, definitely. Could I reproduce a result? I can produce it. Definitely the app would produce results. So all I'm missing is the mechanism is where my head was. Okay. And do you know what caused the heart hurting? I think just because I was so excited about it and so excited about the freedom that it would bring, you know, I'm obviously not getting any younger, like none of us are. <laughs> and you you, how old are you? I'm 53. Okay. For some reason, I thought you were 25. I'd, <laughs> oh, maybe you are in spirit. I wish, yeah, I probably am in spirit. Yes. Cause I believe we all get to a certain age and then. Well, so you absolutely deserve freedom and freedom will absolutely be yours. You just want to do it without clipping yourself off at the heels. Right. Inadvertently. Is there anybody that you could practice selling that thing to? You know, it's tough. I guess I could. Just say yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> what happens when you just say yes? I try really hard to think of people that I could practice selling it to. Very good. Let's do that. And since we're so short on time, I need to move to the next. Thank you for coming on. So who, uh, Marcia, I don't think we have anything for you. I think you were pretty good. Thank you. And then we had Gary. How are you doing on the being a, a nice guy while holding the balls? So basically I said that I need to set my own standards where I'm currently being burned. So in a way I need to send out an initial email when we onboard a client to professionally portray our standards. And then I said, yeah, 
if they start crossing the line, then we can either charge them more or tell them nicely that this is going beyond the agreement. And then I just have a question, Dane. You mentioned that you should never lose power, like if you hire someone out or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is this not taking the power away from my client? So like also I'm scared that I might lose a client if I say no. What's your question? Is it not taking the power away from the client if I start setting, like saying no to them? So they sort of, do you understand what I mean? Okay. I'm just trying to put myself in my client's shoes. What's something you'd want to say no to? If they cross the line, obviously. For example, if they say, Gary, you need to start a new campaign by tomorrow, whatever. It's a bit unrealistic, but they expect that. So do I sort of say, no, I'm going to charge you more? Or Our standards are what? So obviously the standards would stipulate, okay, this is exactly what we're going to do. Anything above and beyond, we will charge more. Yep. Or, Very good. Okay. That's perfect. Right. Yeah. Our standard is we have minimum 72 hours from the request. We do not work on a hectic, reactive response cycle. We are structured, thoughtful, and planned. Okay. No, that's perfect. Yeah. Very good. Good job, everyone. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank Thank you. If you'd like to know the number one thing that kills people from being successful in entrepreneurship, it's really simple. It's them trying to do it alone trying to do it without mentorship, trying to do it without accountability, trying to do it without a way to focus, trying to do it without somebody helping you along the way to get your mind straight. And right now, I'm running a yearly mentoring, accountability, and focus community called Starters. And you can learn more about Starters and join a community of amazing entrepreneurs all practicing and living the principles from this podcast and this book. How do you get good at this stuff? Practice. How do you get even better being around others that practice? And how do you become unstoppable and just move no matter what? Community, community, community. And not just any community, a community of people that don't shame you for wanting freedom. A community of people that don't look at you weird for saying you want more. You can find that community at Starters. If you go to startfromzero.com, You'll see our products up top and then you can go and find the starters program. We would love to have you. And we also have a good fit quiz that you can take on that page because not everybody's a good fit for starters. So if you go look at the starters page, take the good fit quiz and it'll tell you if you'll be a good fit for that program. Listen, we don't accept everyone because we're obviously not for everyone, but we are for certain people. If you'd like to see if that person is you, go to startfromzero.com, look at products, find starters, and then fill out that quiz. And we look forward to supporting you and mentoring you on your journey.